It can be difficult to hear the conditions for discipleship set up by Jesus in the gospel today. For starters, Jesus exhorts his followers to hate their mothers and their fathers and their brothers and sisters, their family, in order to follow him. And this might seem like a good idea if you're a teenager at home on Thanksgiving break, but, but on the whole, it's, it's tough for most of us uh, because we put so much emphasis on our family and our loved ones. And then you throw in the commands that we give up our possessions and we carry our crosses and you have three seemingly difficult conditions put before us. And, and they're not only difficult to follow, but they seem very challenging to pass on, to teach to the next generation of Christian disciples, to our children. We love our children. We want the world for them. We want them to grow up to be happy and, and normal and well-adjusted, good people. And we want them to have good education and have loving relationships and, and have success in their professions and not stress out about money. And we want them mostly just to be safe and have a real shot at achieving their hopes and dreams in life. And so we often find ways to make sure that our agendas support this vision for our loved ones, even our Christian agenda, to the point where sometimes we have corrupted that Christian message. There's a book out now called Almost Christian, and in it the author makes the argument that what most of uh, the American churches put forward right now is not necessarily gospel or Christian discipleship. Rather, it's what's called moralistic therapeutic deism. And it's a view that, that God is not very active in our lives unless we need God to solve some sort of problem. And it delivers this idea to us that, that God wants us to be good and nice and fair to each other as taught in the Bible and most world religions. And on top of that, that the main goal in our life is to be happy and to feel good about ourselves. And so the author points out that we have marginalized our faith and our view of God in our lives as we pass on this watered-down faith to our children, to the next generations. And it's, so it's no wonder that each generation views God with more and more indifference. And, and has less space for God in their lives. And that traditional faith and traditional discipleship is less and less a part of our identity. But this, this strain of faith is successful because it fits in with the way the world works right now. It, it allows us to not rock the boat in a multicultural world where many view all faith claims as equal. And it's a fine way to go if we want to fit in with the mainstream and measure success along the lines of an agenda based on consumerism and, and professional success rather than faith. And it's a fine way to go if we want to live under the assumption that, that as long as we're comfortable with our personal relationship with God, it really doesn't matter about our neighbor and about our neighbor relationship with God, that, that what, they're okay doing their own thing and I'm okay doing my own thing. And as long as I'm okay with God, 
everything's, everything in our world is fine. However, this faith view does not necessarily equate with personal happiness, nor does it necessarily fit in well with Christian discipleship. Discipleship goes beyond being a reasonable and nice person. It means living out our baptismal promises, and it means being clear about who we are and what we believe, and when necessary, making deliberate sacrifices and exposing ourselves to risks in order to follow Jesus. It means in a world driven by possessions and and consumerism that we give up the things that become more important to us than God. And that the main focus in life is not our own personal happiness and security, rather that we are active participants in a world with an active God who is at this very moment recreating, restoring, and renewing our creation in order to bring about God's kingdom here on earth. All we do, all we teach, all we are is geared toward that, towards God's kingdom. This is what Jesus is asking of us. Jesus is not anti-family or encouraging conflict or even asking every Christian to live in poverty. Jesus is demanding that in all conflicts of interest, that Jesus himself becomes the sorting principle. In each case, our loyalty to Christ is greater than our family, it's greater than our wealth, it's greater than our possessions, and it's greater than our safety. If we want to be participants in the kingdom of God, we must remain focused on the task at hand, at, at bringing about God's kingdom, discipleship, This advancement of of the kingdom of God is rooted in the love of an active God and made possible by the life, death, and resurrection of a self-giving Jesus Christ. And it's the substance of our faith. Discipleship is not about feeling good or or getting along with others or our personal satisfaction. And it is very hard work. But a funny thing happens when we apply ourselves to our discipleship, we do, in fact, find joy. We find strength in relationships in our families. And we find room for grace and abundance with our neighbors. And we find ways forward with those who have a different set of beliefs than ours. And we discover an active God who continues to mold and shape us and guide us rather than some sort of remote control, God on demand. And we do find that personal happiness that each of us seeks and that each of us wants for our loved ones. There are studies that point to this, showing that those who devote their time to regular worship and to praying regularly and ordering their lives around their faith communities and ordering their lives around their faith values that they have a higher degree of happiness, of purpose, of self-worth, and are more optimistic about their futures. But we do not need to read these studies in order to affirm this. We've seen it. We've seen it 
right here before our very eyes. We've seen it in our own faith lives. Who here has spent time focused on daily prayer and studied a scripture on a regular basis and has come away feeling empty-hearted? Who here has ever worked on a Habitat bill, the Habitat for Humanity, and not experienced some joy as a result? Who here has ministered to the covenant community or worshipped and shared a meal at Holy Comforter and goes away sad or unfulfilled? Or who has traveled to a foreign country or some corner of our own country and ministered to the poor and the needy and the sick and comes away feeling flat? We don't feel flat. We find happiness in these things because they are the ways that we experience the generosity of God. And the more we work at this discipleship, then the more sustained our faith becomes and the more joy we find and the more authentic a faith we pass on to each generation. The demands of discipleship are real and should not be ignored, but they are less a stringent call to an ascetic life and more of an invitation, an invitation to all of us that if we will let go of all the things we think are so important and focus on God and Christ, then we will find God's kingdom. And in it, we find all the things that fulfill us. We're not promised safety or an easy road. And we can count on difficulty and we can count on being rejected by those who want to keep the status quo. But discipleship is a good life. After all, God is the stuff of goodness. When I think about my children and your children and all of our loved ones, all the things that we want for them are possible, even with a life of discipleship. All things are possible. But true happiness for them lies in God. We cannot know how their lives will turn out. All we can do is equip each generation with real faith and support them as disciples and then trust in God, whose love never fails us.